Here at Nourished, we believe in nourishing the whole human. Mind, body, spirit, soul, heart. Because a nourished human creates a nourished community. This is Wherever It Takes Us, a podcast about everything. I'm Kim Moran, a life coach, mom, horse enthusiast, and entrepreneur. I'm David Codney, a dad, an explorer, an artist, and a lost soul. We've come together because we're curious about life, what it means to be human, how and why things are the way they are, and most importantly, why no one talks about this stuff in real and meaningful ways. Join us each week as we dive into things that we're not supposed to say out loud. We're not experts, but we're real people. Good morning, David. It is morning, Kim. This is the earliest podcast I think we've ever recorded. It's good because it frees us up for the rest of the day. I agree. I agree. So today I want to get your thoughts on the death of Queen Elizabeth and why it seems to be such a polarizing thing around the world. I don't understand it. I mean, I'm just going to straight up say I don't get it. So, I mean, I think that's my angle from the beginning. And let's see if you can woo me or if you can entice me to, to change my mind. It's, it's um, yeah, yeah. I was just very interested to hear different people's reactions from utter. Obviously, it is always sad when someone who's been in that position for over 70 years. She took the position in 1952, died in 1922. So 70-year reign. And that's a long time to be a figurehead of a nation and Commonwealth territories. Day in, day out, she's the queen, sort of, you know, that is something that people, I guess, have come to rely on. And she was also a mother and a grandmother you know, people felt like she was part of their family. So there's this sadness around that. I think when we had Joey and Pip on from Only Hikers, Joey was kind of like, eh, Pip was really fond of her. In the equestrian community of which I'm a member, there was a lot of respect for her because she was a lifelong horsewoman, a bit of sadness there. So it's just interesting to see how people react, even in America. But on the other side of it was that there was huge outrage, people saying really horrible things, and I didn't quite understand. So I wanted to do a deeper dive into that. One of the things I initially thought was, okay, well, we don't need this monarchy anymore. Mm-hmm. We don't need it. What's the point of it? She's an end of an era, an icon, let's be done. But the constitutional monarchy is a pretty interesting political system. She had some powers over the elected government. And one Mm -hmm. of the strangest things I thought was she had the power to pardon anybody in Canada convicted of almost any crime, Mm -hmm. which is far reaching power, wouldn't you say? Yeah, it's 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 absurd uh, for someone. You know, there's two sides. This one of it is like, you know, when when she died, I had a lineup team not because she died, but we had our daily lineups and everyone's like, Oh, the queen died, the queen died. And my question to everybody was what has she done? And nobody can give me that response. 
the problem with that is, is that she is seen as just a figurehead, as just a uh, assembly of, um, of what's the word I want to say. Um, when you do something time and time and time again, and it's it's pomp and stands and all this other stuff. Like, uh, anyway, she she's seen as that, but yet she's got a ton of power and a ton of control. And it's interesting to me that someone who is just, um, you know, just seen as just a figurehead, but really, I mean, it's also changes money. I mean, they have to reprint all the money now too. It's not like they just go into this and, you know, this Queen Elizabeth, it's, it's now the dude. And that's interesting. I mean, the whole thing is crazy. I don't understand it. I read this article in the New Yorker written by Isaac Chatonier. I don't know if that's how you say his name. And he was interviewing Simon Shama, who was a historian. And he said, Simon said that the British, the role of the British monarchy is to provide a different place to go and feel British. The queen couldn't solve the miners' strike. She couldn't solve the brutal wars that ended the empire in Kenya and so on. That's not her job. The job is to provide a kind of space and style, a kind of mystique, a kind of secular religion, if you like, in which people can feel some sort of kinship and community with each other, with the country you live in. And it's not just a political opposition between two parties, but two groups who see each other essentially as enemies, actually as aliens belonging to two different countries. The monarchy really does avoid that unless you're absolutely hardcore. That's saying basically that the role of the monarchy is to unite people, whether they're on opposite sides of political landscape, we are all British. So that's a unifying force, I guess. What do you think about that? Yeah, I don't really see it as that. I really, I don't. I just see her as this, um, this old school way of doing life that's not relevant anymore. I, I don't really agree with all this. Um, moreover, I think in today's society, as you know, everyone talks about equality. Everyone talks about damn the man, you know, they, they want to go back into this and there's the Bernie Sanders of the world that, you know, think there's too much. And, and there's a lot of people that believe in that. And yet you have this monarch that just is just uber wealthy um, and the family and people watch this. And I, I don't under, I don't really understand um, what has she done for women's rights? Exactly. Well, what, what, what has she done for, for all of the, I mean, and, and plus that system is marred in horrible history. We're not, we're not, if you want to go all the way back, it's not like the British empire has been like this lucky, you know, happy, cool, lucky people that walk around and sprinkle pixie dust all over the world. I mean, they've done some horrible things and I don't know if she's really done enough to, to sew that stuff up and apologize or make amends for it. So big deal. She's just a figurehead, big deal. She's just a queen. I don't, she didn't do anything that I know of. Um, so yeah, if she's there to unify and in in stance and say some cute things and walk around with her crown and she owns all the dolphins in the in in the United Kingdom, I mean, great, great. But what really did she do to move humanity forward? Yeah, I mean, it's interesting, and a lot of people have taken to Twitter and say that that she wasn't just the she didn't just inherit the history of colonialism, that she was an active participant in colonialism. Uh -huh. And she oversaw 14 
territories, including UK, Australia, New Zealand, Canada, Jamaica, Nigeria, India, Ghana, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And a lot of those, and Ireland even, a lot of those territories were seen celebrating the end of this era in a way. And I saw a funny tweet where someone said, every six days around the world, some country is celebrating its independence from England. It was kind of a funny, it was kind of a funny thing, but I think it is complicated. I think the, the concept of a constitutional monarchy is kind of interesting. Yeah. I mean, not only was she sort of the head of England, she was the head of the church of England, which is Mm -hmm. also very interesting too. And I think in that way, I've, I've read about people commenting whether Charles will also be the the head of the Church of England, which is kind of funny because he hasn't always put his foot in the right place. You know what I mean? Especially Mm -hmm. around Diana and his relationship with Camilla and wondering whether he's going to take that role on as well. It's just, it's just interesting because it's so not American, right? It's so foreign to us. I don't understand. And yet when you sort of start to dive into it, it's, much more complex. And one interesting fact that I learned is that these different territories pay the monarchy every year. So each British territory, Australia, New Zealand, Canada, et cetera, et cetera, pays $20 million a year to the monarchy. So over the world, worldwide, that means that each person is paying about $2 per year to support the British monarchy. I didn't know that. Yeah. Kind of fascinating. I always wondered where they got their money from. Now, you know, interesting. And the church coffers. Mm. That's an interesting side that she was head of the church. If you look at this and you say, how has religion been passed on through generations? A lot of people assume that the religion they have today has always been the religion it's been passed on and it's, it's, it's not been messed with, but there's a lot of history through different um, kings and queens that have changed it, morphed it, developed it to get to where it is today. And I wonder if you went back in a time machine to what original religion was or Catholicism or I don't even know there. What are, what is Anglican Anglican. Um, I wonder if you went back to original when it first started, what it was right. And how different it is. Well, I mean, Henry the eighth, he changed it. Right. I think, Mm -hmm. I mean, Oh, protect me if I'm wrong, but he wanted to have different wives and that was against the Catholic church. And so he just said, okay, well, I'm the King. I'm going to change this so that I can do what I like without being sinful and changed it so that he could have different wives. Yeah. Yeah. That's a whole nother discussion. Well, I think it's interesting how people follow things and become so emotionally invested in things. I mean, we talked about this when we talked about cults, You can see it playing out in American politics as well, this kind of blind allegiance to things. And it's really about this is my identity and aligning so much so that you can't separate yourself from it. Yeah, I just I don't I don't Kim, I don't get it, man. I don't get what she's done. And the fact that people were weeping over her dropping flowers, lighting candles. I don't understand what she's done. She was in such a position of power. She had such 
an opportunity to change the, the world. I don't know what she did. And it's not like, I mean, you can blame a lot of other people. You can blame presidents. You can blame um, prime ministers. You can blame a lot of things. But they did something at least. Well, I think it's interesting because as a sort of apolitical figurehead for 70 years, during every crisis, during every holiday, during everything, she sort of maintained this, which is also quite British, this stoic, stiff upper lip. And she showed up in very mundane ways to say, I'm still here. The candle is still lit in England, even though we've gone through these horrible things. I'm still with you. I am still fighting for you. It's it's bizarre because there is, when you start to think about it, the pomp and circumstance, the way that everything was carried out, the way that she showed up and was there, it was, it's very, in a way I can understand it's very comforting. I mean, we don't have that in America. We don't have a president serving 70 years who no. shows up all the time waving at people and talking to people and things like this. We just don't have anything like it. People liken the monarchy to American celebrity. I don't think that American celebrities hold themselves to a higher standard of sort of external moral behavior. They don't, you know, stand vigil, you know, during crises. I don't see it as the same thing at all. So I get the complexity and sort of the outrage at certain things that the British Empire has done historically. And I can also understand that people feel comforted by her presence, which is always on time and always in a certain way. And it's a very people like stability. And I think that's one of the reasons why she worked so well. I'm not sure that it's going to work going forward because I do think we're ready for a change. And, and I hear you. You don't know what she did. But I think for British people, because they lived through situations where she was there, I think they understand what she did, which was maybe not directly impactful to them. But like I said, she was this very vigilant presence in all of their lives. So, yeah, I mean, if you could sit there and say to me, she didn't do anything for women's rights. She didn't stand up for women's reproductive rights. She didn't stand for the homeless, the downtrodden, uh, the poor, she didn't develop anything, but she was there as a warm blanket for everybody to feel better about themselves and create. Then I'll buy that. I will 100% buy that. <clears throat> My point to this is what a shame to have someone with all of that and not do much. Well, it's really interesting that you're saying this. And, and like part of what we do here is we just play devil's advocate a lot. And I think her position, the position of a monarch, is to keep the country together. And when you start to say, okay, so everyone should be at a certain income level, you're disenfranchising one group and you're putting the needs of another over it, right? So it's very polarizing. When you say women should have abortion, should be allowed to have abortions, then you're saying to the other people who think killing is wrong, it's you know, your feelings are not. So it, that in and of itself, taking those political positions is antithetical to the role of a monarch, which is to unify everyone. 
So it's, it's very interesting. And in places where they have pure monarchies, where the king or queen decides everything, what you tend to see is coups because mm-hmm. people, you know, who are on the, on the losing end of whatever those decisions are, they don't like that. And then they rise up. The interesting part of constitutional monarchy is that you don't like what's happening. You don't elect the people that are, are, are pushing an agenda you don't like. You just don't elect them. And the queen just oversees that in kind of a new neutrality above the law, mm-hmm. although she is the law in, in, at the end. I don't know. I, I find it fascinating. And I just think it's interesting how people's emotions, people's life circumstances get involved in government. And I think you can see what's happening in America involves these things deeply when we're told it's an intellectual pursuit purely. There are financial interests in, in politics. There are There's all kinds of stuff. It's not strictly intellectual and rational. We know this, but it's, mm. it's, it's interesting. I'm interested to see how Charles does. And I'm interested in, in the wake of Brexit, in the wake of everything that's been going on. Um, I'm really interested to see what happens and how he does, because, um, you know, it's one thing to bash. It's very difficult to bash an old lady. <laughs> you know what I mean, he's, he's kind of old point. too, though. Like he's yeah, seventy-three but, or something, you know. But it's it's difficult to bash an old lady, especially the queen. You know what I mean? It's kind of difficult to bash her and blah, blah blah. But I think it's a lot easier to go after a male, and I think it's a lot easier to go after a little bit older male who hasn't really done much in his life and hasn't really. It's not like he's the people's person, so it's going to be interesting to see what happens with him. You know, when I was sort of coming to this the podcast today, I thought. The queen and I have something in common. We both had some kids that kind of didn't live up to our expectations. <laughs> right? We tried to do our best. We tried to be pillars of sort of beacons of morality and what have you. And our kids kind of fell short. I mean, she was the head of a real family and her kids, there were all these rules for them to follow. And they didn't. I mean, People were kind of taken down by the police during her funeral because they were shouting, Andrew's a pedophile and all this Mm. stuff. I Mm -hmm. mean, my kids are nowhere near that. But when you look at her family, it's kind of a shit show. And so maybe that's another reason that people can relate, right? That we're all just doing the best we can. And despite our best efforts, it doesn't always turn out well. Mm -hmm. God save the queen or bless the queen or something like that. Or her family. As we're drinking coffee, not tea. We should have had tea today. No, horrible. I can't wake up with tea. Mm -mm. No, I agree. Well, we'll, we shall see, as you said. We shall see where this takes us. We'll do an update a year later. Oh, gosh. That'll be interesting. Yeah. We should do updates. Put it in your calendar, okay? I got it. It's in there. (laughs) <laughs> all right have a good day no what what do they say they don't say good day they say uh we gotta think of something british to sign up with pip pip cheerio pip, pip, yeah yeah cheerio bye david if you liked wherever it takes us please be sure to subscribe to the podcast share the episode with someone who you think would like it leave us a five-star rating and write a review. We appreciate it.